So, a more beautiful faith, unlearning, revisiting, questioning, and growing. And today I'm going to talk about phrases not in the Bible and other verses misused. So this is part three in the series. And the reason, the reason I'm doing this series is to give permission um, to question things because we have more and more people watching that are new. They haven't tracked along with where Hope Fellowship is at for uh, since the beginning. Um, if you're part of Hope Fellowship for a long time, then some of the stuff will be a great reminder. But uh, uh, when I was preparing this phrase is not in the Bible thing, I thought that wasn't too long ago that I that I taught this. And because I did, I, I, what I'm going to share with you today was I think across four or five sermons. So do you see why it's going to be fast? I hope so anyway. Um, but uh, it was actually kind of the beginning of my deconstruction of questioning things. And I, I want to do that for you too. Because we're in a new location now in Elmira, um, some folks here are going to wonder, what is this Hope Fellowship Church? Well, guess what? Um, if you've never had the chance to question or were shut down for questioning things, I want to offer an open hand to say, hey, let me share with you the things we've questioned and are questioning and finding hope in. We do not need to worry about losing our faith. By the way, the faith we have is a gift from Jesus. So uh, I'm not worried about that faith because that faith is good, solid, and will never go away. So what is this? Well, I'm going to first begin with a, a, a quote that I got from Jim Palmer. 35 things it's not. Jim Palmer is a former megachurch pastor, and uh, I've had a lot of fun uh, reading his posts because he's one of those guys who's left the institutional church, so he can, he can ask a lot more questions and not get in trouble. So anyway, here we go. This is going to be really good. So this is just to get us launched. God is not a belief system. Jesus is not a religion. The good news is not a ticket to heaven. Church is not an address. The Bible is not divine dictation. Heaven is not an eternal Disneyland. Transformation is not behavior modification. Community is not a meeting. Grace is not, a, is not subject to expectations. Ministry is not a program. Art is not carnal. Happiness is not circumstantial. Asking questions is not dangerous. Women are not inferior. Our humanity is not the enemy. Doubts are not lack of faith. Sinner is not our identity. Love is not a doctrine. Salvation is not an escape from reality. Peace is not a circumstance. Conformity is not discipleship. Science is not unholy. Sex is not filthy. The here life is not a warm-up for the afterlife. The world is not without hope. Meditation is not a magic wand. There is not an us and them. Tattoos are not evil. Loving the earth is not satanic. Seeing the divine in all things is not heretical. Self-actualization is not self-worship. Feelings 
are not dangerous and unreliable. Faith is not a substitute for critical thinking. <laughs> Your heart is not wicked. You are not bad. Oh my. How's that for a teaser? <laughs> this will get us going because I'm going to address some of those things today quickly. But uh, last week we were talking about um, a list of things that need to be questioned. And so the Jim Palmer thing we just read is, is kind of like a similar list. But here's what we covered last week. I'm going to recap really quick. I'll read it really fast, but you'll get it. So we were talking about resets. We talked about self-centered and other-centered shift change, uh, the importance of gratitude as we reset our lives, and questioning the downloaded info. And that's where we're at now. We're, we're questioning the information we've downloaded into our minds or have been put into us by religion or church or whoever. And it's, it's, it's important to question it because whatever is good can stay. Whatever isn't can go and can be replaced, which is really important. Or it can be updated and corrected. So here's the list of teachings and doctrines worth questioning. And what we're going to cover today are things we have not been told, uh, things we have been told are not in the Bible, uh, sorry, are in the Bible and are not. Things that are, we've been told are in the Bible and are not. How God views you and misconceptions we have of who God is. Uh, what is our identity, singular nature, not two natures, etc. What does the word flesh mean? Could it mean self or ego? Our co-crucifixion with Christ, our union, uh, Christ as my life, these are things we need to revisit. Maybe you've never heard of them. That's why they're on the list. A richer understanding of abiding or more beautiful obedience. Our complete forgiveness, the finished work of the cross from Trinity to us. The conference kind of addresses some of that. Um, what is sin? This is a big one. Um, is it a moral infraction? Living from a false concept of who we are and who God is? What about spiritual warfare? Is it a, is a battle of the mind, not fighting demons and other superstitions? Our Old Covenant and New Covenant topic. This is a big one because, uh, again, I, I didn't know much about this um, growing up. In fact, I had no, no clue. And what is the law? What rules do we need to follow? That's a, that's a good one. It's going to be a fun one. Oh, heaven and hell. Real, not real, other perspectives. We're going we're gonna to get into it. And even if I just go into a surface teaser through some key things um, i want to at least plant the seed that these questions there's validity to the questions there are other hope-filled perspectives that you may not have been exposed to and i'm here to tell you that there are better answers and i'm exploring many of better hope-filled perspectives myself and i love it i'm just sharing it with you uh, we've shared a lot over the last 10 years at hope fellowship actually last well well the whole time I've been here, but the last, I think, five to ten years have been far more intense. It's been good. Uh, questioning sexuality, how we have turned something amazing into some, something dirty and shameful. What does inclusion mean? What does all humanity in Christ mean? What about the LGBTQ plus and the LGBTQ2S uh, plus? Um, do our English translations hinder a better perspective? It's time to revisit this topic and realize that uh, there isn't an us versus them. We have much to learn and uh, on both sides. Honestly, it's, it's a big topic. Forgiveness. What about the misconceptions? Again, that's what this conference that I'm going through right now is dealing a lot with, but we still need to address it. 
salvation. This is a big one, okay? What does saved mean? Uh, what about universalism? Is it a heresy? And what is heresy anyway? We're going to get into all this. Atonement, penal substitution, atonement. If you've never heard this word, don't worry about it. I'll explain it later, and you'll understand why we have such a messed up Western world religion and uh, why there's so much conflict. Uh, that that particular one is huge, and we got to dismantle that because I think it has messed so many things up. A perspective on marriage and divorce. Um, is marriages only for Christians? Uh, is divorce completely evil? Oh, my goodness. What if there's a better lens? What if it's not so black and white? Maybe there's more freedom than we thought. Oh, my goodness. It's Yeah, we'll get into it. it it'll be quick, but there are deeper levels to go and other resources to study for you if it interests you more but we're, we're going to touch on that too the bible ouch this is a big one is it inerrant is it infallible what does that mean what about the translation history um the practice of grace christian duty versus duty uh service um end times now i've 2013 i talked about this so um if you look on YouTube, a hope-filled perspective on end times, I think we need to look at that. Right now, this is relevant. Some people think we're living in the end times. We're not. Stop it. Oh, my goodness. And not saying I'm right, but I have a lens now that, I'm sorry, it doesn't make any sense uh, for this other stuff we're seeing spouting out and contributing to the fear that's going on in our country right now. Um, God's character. Jesus' definition versus biblical writers. How do we reconcile those? What is the church? Um, and then wh who, who is the church? And then what about church history? This would be fun. Dave Shaw, I was thinking of you because you like church history so much. But I don't think we really understand church history. And it's uh, if we could look back and see what has brought us to where we are now, our jaws will drop. Evangelism, what is it? Uh, or is it? Pressured colonial tactics to conquer people. Hmm, that's a very interesting concept. And then, of course, indoctrination or discipleship. What is what? Usually, we use the word discipleship, but is it is it discipleship? So, these are the lists of things we're going to go through, and um, it's going to be fun. So today, I want to talk about what's not in the Bible, phrases that are not in the Bible, um, and then I'll touch on some um, phrases from the Bible that have been misused. So I think you're. Again, this is where it's going to be rapid fire. This is going to be go, 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 go. And uh, I hope, I hope, I hope you'll enjoy this because, and by the way, I'm going to warn you, some of the phrases you're going to think, huh, I never heard of that. And here's why. Because there are many types of denominations and church groups, okay? There's the Pentecostal, Pentecostals, there's there's liturgical, there's you name it, all kinds of, of backgrounds. You have the health and wealth group. All these phrases, uh, some of the phrases that I'm going to share with you come from the other groups you may not have been exposed to. But, oh my goodness, some of them are just, <laughs> well... Yeah, so some of us are, that are watching are going to say, really, they actually bought into that? Yes, they did, and people still do. So that's, that's why I'm calling these out, because they need to be. All right, <laughs> and from the Prince's Bride, I love this. You keep using that word, I do not think it means what you think it means. Exactly. Half of, our, half of our comments or half the stuff I just read, <laughs> we're going to revisit some of these words and, um, and dig in a little deeper. Okay. This is going to be funny. The first one, God don't like ugly. Now, that sounds crazy. This is not in the Bible. Um, but 
we pastors have said that churches have said that it's a phrase that's been used and uh, it comes from a misunderstanding of blemish uh looking through the old testament there's some brutal um lenses here that if you're short if you're uh broken handed if you're left-handed these are things that are um incomplete or in, un, unclean and all kinds of stuff there and so it's been used to create an us versus them um and so we're supposed to look our best and you can see where that's all going so that's where uh, god don't like ugly ugly comes from uh, i've never heard that in my background but as i have been exposed to more and more denominations and um charismatic circles that's where that would come from money cometh to me now is another charismatic one um it's uh, it's been used in certain uh charismatic circles especially in the health and wealth groups um to say hey this is trying it's like a motivation to get uh, people to give um it's just a manipulation tool and it's it's like people think it's actually in the bible it is not touch your neighbors another one now this one will probably you'll get it have you ever been to a church where they say tell your neighbor you are beautiful now turn to the other side and so are you and and they tell you to do these things now shake your hand give your neighbor a hug do all this stuff stand up and here's one we know stand up and greet people around you so <laughs> first of all it's not in the bible and depending on your culture um not everybody does that but some do and it can become very uncomfortable unless you're part of the group which that should be a wake-up call to the to the groups that do that so you're creating an exclusive mindset with some of these habits that can be fun but if you're inviting the public into it rethink it so anyway um neither a borrow neither be a, a borrower sorry neither a borrower or nor a lender be um, this comes not from um anything that's in the bible this is a, a kind of a, a phrase um that's just come out of some history i don't i i never heard that one before but last time i taught this there were some people that told me yeah i remember that in my church growing up and it was not a charismatic church it was more of a, a conservative place and uh anyway the next one god doesn't like interracial marriages oh my goodness uh, there's not a single verse that people can point to for this they're all being misinterpreted if you have something you think is one it is incorrect or incomplete uh it, usually it's talking about jerusalem in deuteronomy shall not intermarry um there's some some of that discussion but that does not imply across the board for everyone this was a written lens uh probably hijacked by the cultural mindset i doubt god really really said that but even if he i don't know I, I just can't see it not not with the lens of who god is and how good he is <laughs> how much I'm learning about God being better and bigger and wider and deeper. So no. So this idea of interracial marriages, well, guess what? It, it, what do we do with Ruth then? She was exactly an outsider and married interracially back into Jerusalem. So listen, don't try to do that one. I know there are some conservative churches that are very prejudiced and i know in my my background what i grew up with there was a lot of that talk 
and uh, I'm embarrassed to say, even in my own family, there was some, there was some extreme judgment that came out, um, and that's how it was preached. So please don't buy into that stuff. All right, to thine own self be true is not a phrase uh, that uh, is in the Bible. It's, it's, it comes from somewhere else. I don't have time to get into it. Um, uh, then the devil can cite scripture for his purpose. That's a, a phrase that's been used from the pulpit to uh, argue against anybody using scripture to counteract an argument. So it's when you're doing sword fights and arguing and I'll... I'll um, I'll play these two verses for your one and vice versa. And you kind of up verse each other. It's, it's awful. And then you just use a, a, a quick flinging of the wrist. Oh, the devil can cite purpose. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a low blow. And then this, this next one. In the last days, you will not be able to know the seasons except by the changing of the leaves. How many times have I heard that one? Number one, it does not say that in scripture at all. Because it's implying that things are going to get so crazy, you're not going to be able to tell the season changing. Now, people have referred to that section being a sign of the end times. It is not. It is a sign of the coming of 70 AD, the utter destruction of the temple of Jerusalem. This is where it's referring to in 70 AD. And I, I've talked about that many times. But instead it's saying when you see the buds changing on the leaves, you'll know because you're recognizing the seasons. Just like you can see season changes in the same way you're going to see these things and it's going to be assigned to you. So to say it's going to get all out of whack is not true. This other line, the lion shall lay down with the lamb. Oh boy, I think we've heard that. And we've actually heard it in music. And so it's funny how our hymns and some of our worship songs, um, they actually have bad theology or incorrect phraseology implying that it's in the Bible, but it's not. So it doesn't say that at all. So you can look it up, have fun. You can do your own homework. Don't make me prove it to you. You go figure it out. If it's frustrating you, you go look it up. Uh, I've got all my lists here. I've done my homework and I've preached on this before. So I'm, I'm ripping through this because... Here's the point. Okay, uh, here's the, here, okay let's, let's look at this one first. Hate the sin, love the sinner, not in the Bible. Doesn't exist at all. And yet we use it as a phrase all of the time. Not a chance. So here's, here's why this list is important. It might be frustrating to some of you saying, oh, you're just um, you're playing mind games with this. Or you're just using a bait and switch or a, um, overthinking a line. Uh, listen, <laughs> we must learn to become better critical thinkers okay that means we've bought in to some phrases that we think are in the scriptures and they're not so what's wrong with calling them out maybe it'll cause us to be a little more careful yeah i just got a, a note from carrie there's a lot of phrases that are used from shakespeare and and yes i've got a whole bunch there's a whole bunch in here uh, in all my notes there's a lot of shakespearean quotes that have been attributed to the scripture and king james bible blah 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 it's been a real mix-up um but i want us to know or at least recognize that whatever you're hearing don't just buy everything hook line and sinker question things that's why that's why i'm sharing this so I, I, I think it's really important. Uh, hate the sin, love the sinner. Nowhere in scripture do you see that. Nowhere. And it's a rotten attitude. Because um, you, it's almost like a, a separation game. And we're not into that. I'll leave that one alone. 
All right, here's one. If you grew up with this, you'll remember. Cleanliness is next to godliness, not in the Bible. <laughs> Blessed and highly favored. What's that? That's not the exact wording. Again, we're getting into exact wording here. Um, this too shall pass like a good kidney stone. Not in the Bible. Just, just so you know, um, not at all. It's uh, from uh, an old poem, The Lament of Dewar, an old English poem. So it's not, not in the scripture. Spare the rod, spoil the child. That phrase, exactly as stated, is not in the scriptures. All right? In fact, unfortunately, that phrase has been used as a way to affirm Psalm 23, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, meaning uh, there's punishment and, and discipline and there's all, with the two items. Well, guess what? Those items were never used on the sheep in a harsh way ever it was in fact any uh of strength shown in one of those items the rod uh was was to ward off uh enemies of the sheep not used on the sheep my mom used this phrase on me all the time and it, yeah so any church that uh, taught corporal punishment this is one of their phrases it's awful um god moves in mysterious ways is not in the bible um it is a uh, it comes from Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Um, but to use the phrase, God moves in mysterious ways, is kind of a cheeky statement. It's not a biblical one. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes we try to explain away our argument or uh, can't understand what's going on. So we just say, oh, God moves in mysterious ways. Don't use that as an excuse to end the argument or discussion. I, I just think it's a cheap, cheap way to do that. Pride comes before the fall. Definitely not in the Bible. Um, there's other phrases that come along that are close to it, but not this. God helps those who help themselves. A popular one, but not in the Bible. Oh my goodness, it's just not there. <laughs> um Money is the root of all evil. How many have heard this one before? I have my entire life growing up. It's not in the Bible. Look it up. In fact, look it up in multiple translations, but the original languages that we have access to for translation purposes, none of them say money is the root of all evil. If it does say that in a translation, the translation is incorrect. Absolutely. It does say money is the root of many kinds of evil, which is very different than the word all, because that's an absolute thing. Um, and some of the preachers who have used that, it's funny, they really push for more money. <laughs> it's like, are you realizing what you're saying? <laughs> money is not the root of all evil. Uh, the love of money can be a root of many kinds of evil. Like, again, look it up. Uh, oh, but that requires effort. Yes, it does. So here we go. Um, the concept of asking Jesus into your heart is not in the Bible. You can't find it anywhere. It doesn't exist, which will fall into the conversation on what is salvation. We're called to believe, not invite an external God into our internal heart. That's impossible. So... Just think about that. The, the phrase creates a false concept of duality and separation. I think we've got to lose that terminology. 
and those that use it fine i'm not gonna you know and by the way we shouldn't go around correcting everybody that says a quick phrase because then we become the correctors oh, oh, oh please say it like this say it like this say it like this phraseology look um we can become jerks and lose the entire intent by trying to correct people on every little nitpicking phrase honestly let the holy spirit do the work he doesn't need she doesn't need your help okay um this idea of god will not give you more than you can handle is not in the bible it doesn't exist go look it up yourself you're going to find a surprise there instead instead it says god will not let you be tempted beyond what is common it does not say he won't give you more than you can handle this phrase comes along all the time when people are going through really tough stuff i hear it at funerals all the time and i just bite my tongue because now is not the time to correct anybody so you know god won't give you more than you can handle so i guess i can handle this oh my goodness how many stories in the old testament and new testament do we see even of the saints there going through stuff they can't handle it's really really difficult it's too hard to handle so don't use that phrase it's awful it puts guilt on people it creates shame uh, and it, it makes god look terrible okay so uh i hate that one spare the rod spoil the child oh i had that up there oops ignore move on um moderation in all things is not in the scripture um once saved always saved again not in the scripture <laughs> it's not there uh the eye is the window of the soul not in the scriptures uh, it's just a phrase that has been used the the con the idea or concept of three wise men is not in the scripture it doesn't exist um all we and, and again we we we, che we joke about this at christmas time um when we go through the stories of what are the true parts of the story and what's made up um but there's no mention of how many wise men there were it only mentions three gifts and they never showed up at the stable remember that the wise men showed up at a house two years within the two-year mark because herod tried to kill all the kids under two years so we don't know if it was in the first year or six months we just don't know but it was at a house so anyway the idea of an apple in the garden of eden what was the fruit it was an apple it was not an apple it does not say what kind of fruit it was it said it was fruit and all of our artists picked an apple i don't know why um but either way um pretty cool uh, these are the types of small things or big things that we've just taken for granted oh yeah that sounds right oh yeah oh yes that that really sounds right it isn't yay verily god wants you to be happy well i know some of our joy boys say that the preachers who only speak on positivity for positivity's sake and some of them have good intention and the idea of of uh good thinking and healthy thinking for our benefits important but there's nothing in the scripture that says god wants you to be happy because if you take a look at what happiness is happiness is usually connected to our circumstances or happenings it does speak about joy a lot it does speak about peace inside oh my goodness anyway that's kind of cool um if you work hard you'll be successful mm-hmm that's uh not in the bible <laughs> there's some proverbs that allude to it but 
it's not a, a biblical phrase. Um, another one, if God brings you to it, he'll lead you through it. That's a churchy phrase. It is not in the scriptures. Just a heads up. Uh, you, some of you have heard that one before. Um, and this next one is awful, awful, awful. Just follow your heart, follow your heart and believe, and you can do anything. Or you can do anything you put your mind to. Well, I can't fly without an airplane or a jetpack, but I put my mind to it. Like, there's some very irrational, um, quick, flippant phrases like this that get thrown in, and we apply it to our goals and dreams. Um, to make that a statement of promise is incorrect, and it's not in the Bible. It's just a nice saying to try and encourage somebody who's down, and yet you just put more guilt on them because they didn't work hard enough. This is a performance-driven guilt trip. So please be careful. Um, does God speak to our hearts? Absolutely. Can you do anything? It depends. Like, it's not a paintbrush to quickly stroke everything, say, I can do whatever I want. Therefore, if I put my mind to it, I can do it, and I can have what I want. Oh, my goodness. Try selling that to South Africa or Uganda or, or China or North Korea. Try selling that to people in the real world. I'm sorry. Just think it through for a moment and you go, oh, that's a first world statement. Yes, it is. Here's another one. So heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Not in the Bible. Doesn't exist. Um, yeah, it just isn't. Um, Beggars can't be choosers is not in the Bible. <laughs> Blood is thicker than water. Again, not in the Bible. Um, think twice before you speak. Really smart, but not in the Bible. Give the devil his due. I think it's a country song. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but no, it's not in the Bible. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. How many times have we heard that? It's not in the Bible. Surprise! Uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. Everything happens for a reason. Another awful saying. All right. Um, it's, it's a trite, flippant, insensitive phrase used when somebody's going through something difficult. Don't use it, please. Uh, therapists try to fix and help people to unlearn that stupid phrase. So don't be a contributor to bad thinking. Um, you can think it through if you want to, but to tell people that and to even suggest it's in the Bible is wrong. Okay. Um, confession is good for the soul is not in the Bible. Just saying the actual phrase, it doesn't exist. Uh, the idea of two of every kind of animal went on Noah's Ark. Some of you will say, well, wait a minute. It does say two by two. I know the song. I've heard the story. Well, I guess you got to go read the story again because you're going to find out it is not true. <laughs> what do I mean? Just to relieve your anxiety of your brain, of religious upbringing. There are two of every animal, apparently, in the narrative that's shared in the, in the, in the book of Genesis. There is part of it will say two of every kind. But what about the seven of every other kind that were clean or something like that. Go read it. There's more. It, so now you just added a whole bunch more animals onto that number, okay, to the narrative, okay? Um, anyway, I just thought that was fun. Uh, 
Forgive and forget. Oh, boy. Not in the Bible. God doesn't even do that. Okay? He remembers our sin no more. Remembers. But the idea that we must forgive and forget? Unbiblical. Does not say that. This forgiveness conference we're talking about is, uh, addresses some of that. The previous material I've taught of forgiveness totally addresses this. Practice what you preach. Not in the scripture. Okay? Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, all men are created equal is not in the Bible. Okay? The phrase is not there. Just a heads up. Uh, idle hands are the devil's workshop. <laughs> Another churchy phrase. <laughs> the idea of slain in the spirit is not in the Bible. Sorry, it just isn't. In fact, if you take a look at any of the key stories that talk about being slain back, who is slain back? You got the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. The angels slay the other people back. If you want, that's one of the illustrations being used. It's always the bad people falling back. Oh my goodness! If we could just take a look, it's it's not the godly people that fall back. Ugh. Anyway, so this that phrase is not in the scriptures. Uh, children should be seen and not heard. Not in the Bible. Followers of Jesus should be in the world, but not of the world. Not in the Bible, okay? Um, alcohol is the devil's drink. Not in the Bible. Heck, Jesus changed water into wine. Like, what a party that must have been. It does, in Scripture, does not say not to, that alcohol is, is evil. It's saying, don't get drunk with wine. Don't, don't get hammered. Don't let it control you. Go and celebrate. Have fun. We have really messed that up in the church. St. Peter at the gate of heaven. Who says there's a St. Peter in heaven? If you're going to use your Bible, it's not there. Uh, another uh, thing, words not in the Bible, the idea of the word rapture does not exist in the scripture. The word sacrament does not exist in the scripture. And tr the word trinity does not exist in the scripture. Just, just so you know. And now the word trinity, uh, beautiful. I, I, that's how we see it, our our. our concept of who God is father son spirit that's beautiful room for that sacrament is a just go into it there's there's room for meaning the word rapture the way we understand today not in the scripture it's a it's a new concept in the last hundred years 200 years sorry it, it's just baloney um, when you die God gains another angel oh how many times do I hear that it's not in the scripture you don't become an angel you are a spirit, a child of God. That will not change. You're higher than the angels, in fact, if, it's, if you want to get technical. Uh, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. All right? That, that phraseology is not in the Bible. It is Christ himself, not the Bible, who is the true word of God. The Bible, read in the right spirit and with the guidance of good teachers, will bring us to him. We must not use the Bible as a sort of encyclopedia of which texts can be taken for use as weapons. C.S. Lewis shares that. Which brings us to, the Bible is the word of God, is not in the Bible. Okay? The Bible is not the word of God. The word of God is Jesus, capital W, the word not, not the scriptures. We're going to get into that. That's one of the topics we're definitely getting into. The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. That phrase drives me nuts. You can make the Bible say anything you want to, and then just plug your ears, close your eyes, and cover your mouth, 
and just la 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 la. It's just a ridiculous statement. It's like it's a churchy thing, and all these all the really churchy people that go clap their hands. Oh, that's wonderful! Like 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 praise the Lord. Ugh. Unfollow. <laughs> Sorry, it's awful. If anything you don't like, I'm sharing with you today. Unfollow. Okay, it's not going to get better. It's going to get more exciting. Uh, here's another one that's a guilt trip, a phrase that's used uh, in churchianity. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Yeah, that's an old school churchy phrase. And so you had to mark up your Bible, underline, highlight, and people did it just so they could show off and how colorful it was. In fact, you could buy Bibles that were all colorful already, all highlighted for you, pre-highlighted. <sighs> anyway. Another phrase, if you die today, uh, do you know where you'll spend it the rest of eternity? That concept is not in the scripture. It's an, it's an awful guilt trip evangelism ploy, and it's awful. Um, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Not in the Bible. It's just a trite saying to make somebody feel good for a short period of time. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. A guilt trip again. I'll cover that again in a moment. Train up a child in the way he should go as a guarantee. And that is not true. This one line has created so much trouble for parents. Seriously. They use a proverb in the Old Testament that is a wise saying. Train up a child. There. There's your guarantee. Raise your kids. They will turn into Christians. Follow God. And if they don't, you screwed up. The parents are at fault. Like, awful, awful theology, okay? Just please, if you grew up with that, unlearn that one. That one's terrible. That does, okay, the wisdom of raising up your child? Well, yes. And most often, kids are, they follow mom and dad's moral and uh, general idea concept, the things that are good. That part's true. But to use this as a, because I grew up in a church that did this. And so they always ask, I, they, meet, they meet later as parents, are your kids following the Lord? Oh, hate that. The word hell. Huh. So we got to visit that one and we will. The word hell is only in English translations. It, the, the word that it was translated from, there's no such word as hell. The concept of hell the concept of burning off things, that's a, that's a different blended topic. So I do know there are some, and I've done this, because I, we've said, hey, the word hell doesn't exist in the Bible, therefore um, I don't want to be flippant with that either because there's much to learn about the actual words that are there. What do they mean? We're going to get into it in the series on hell when we, when we get there. Uh, Jesus talked more about hell than heaven. Not true. Oh my goodness, who made that up? The phrase the Bible plainly says, it only says it plainly to you. Um, and then if it doesn't line up with God's word, I don't believe it. Well, that that's awful because not every topic on the face of this earth is in God's word. So it's it's a that that's Bible, bibliolatry uh, and worship of the Bible, which is not biblical oh my goodness pride comes before the fall not there i know i'm over time but we're going just a few more minutes church guilt trips um do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together it has been used to clobber people into you must go to church 
awful, awful, awful. And then where two or three are gathered, there am I in their midst. Well, guess what? That phrase was not meant for validity of gathering as a church. It was a phrase on uh, solving and resolving disputes. Because is God with you on your own? Yes. Does it have to be God in your midst? No, he's there. He's with each one of you. The numbers don't change. So sometimes we ramp up numbers trying to get more God to be there. Really? Oh my goodness. Sorry. You can't tell I'm passionate about some of these unlearnings that I've had to do. Touch not mine anointed is a clobber verse used uh, by pastors to not be challenged. Uh, They use it as an authority, which leads to this next one. Uh, You don't need a church or pastor to be your covering. That is baloney. Anybody that starts selling you that quickly, um, unfriend, unfollow, run, because that's controlled religion. It is not Christ. Christ is your life. What covering do you need? You don't. It's awful guilt trip. I hate it. Um, wives submit your husbands in Ephesians 5.22. Now somebody's going to go, what? Well, if you look it up in your English Bible, it will say that. But if you go look it up in Greek, in, in the original Greek languages and, and where they translate it from, the word wives, <laughs> um, uh, the, sorry, the word submit is not there. Okay. It's, it, in fact, if you go, Paul Young did, he talked about this. If you go back uh, a couple verses up, it says uh, in the context of submitting, submit to one another. But this got changed. And now it's a wife submit your husbands. And it's, a, it's used as a guilt trip and a control thing that is if the man has the final say. No, that's not how relationships work. If you're using it like that, you're doing it wrong. Sorry. We'll get, again... I'm just bringing a whole list out that's like a machine gun fire, really fast. Last one, last page. If my people who are called by my name uh, will call and and repent, I will heal their land. This has been used in the States. It's been used in Canada. It's been used in other countries. Listen, this is not applicable to our culture today whatsoever. So please don't use that one. It's terrible. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick or wicked it's not. We've been given a new heart. And we've talked about this one before. But these are the guilt trips that are used to control people in a religion. Thou art pure eyes than to behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. This is the idea of God can't look on evil. I grew up with this. But here's the problem. That verse is out of context. Because the next thing it says, it says, then why do you? <laughs> so, yeah, you got to, context matters. Uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Matthew 27 is the concept that God separated himself and forsake and, and turned his back on Jesus. That never happened. We've talked about that before too. You must tithe. Oh, that's a good one. Well, and, and again, they use the Malachi. Will man rob God? Implying you must tithe? Well, sorry, the New Testament, ouch, does not say anything. Like nothing about tithing. It, it doesn't, as in, it does not instruct the church that you must tithe. Tithing is an old covenant Jewish thing. It is not something that can be used. And I hear it right in this town, you know, churches using the club of tithing. I did for many years. And in fact, I was at a church board meeting in Fort Erie at the Alliance Church I was a pastor of. 
And I said, hey, I'm going to be teaching on tithing. And the one guy, John, asks, uh, so where's that in the New Testament? Oh, it's there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just, I promise. Oh, it's, it's there. And that was the first time I was questioned. And I had to go study. And I found out <laughs> it's not. We give from the heart now, not by uh, legislation. Oh, my are we supposed to be generous? Yes. And sometimes when people hear this for the first time, they stop giving altogether because it's a pendulum swing. Um, N.T. Wright, he writes, when we started segregating the gospel out in under grace and under law titles, something I've done in the past, we missed the point entirely. Tithing was something Jews did. Only the Jews as I said in yesterday's post, it didn't carry forward. Not because Jesus has freed you from the law, but because you're not a Jew. Paul only referencing to money was simple. If you agree with what I'm doing, please help support it. It wasn't about legalism or grace. It was about agreement and friendship. Do we value relationship? We will support one another in our various endeavors, and we should. Wow, how's that? For... Uh, I think it was five messages all wrapped up into one really, really fast rapid fire. But to see it that quickly, maybe it'll make us pause a little faster before we use a phrase that probably we shouldn't use. Or when somebody calls us out on it, we may have to humble, humble ourselves and go, oh, I was wrong. I didn't know that. And you continue the journey of unlearning. Join me because I've been doing a lot of it. <laughs> and it's beautiful because it takes away judgment. It really does. Heavenly Father, open our eyes. Wake us up to this important reality that your son Jesus is the true word of God. And let your Holy Spirit be the confirmer of truth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Reminders before we wrap up here, uh, online donations can be done uh, through the website or e-transfers through admin at hopefellowshipycc.com. Don't forget to register uh, for the um, Forgiveness Conference if you want to have access to um, the material. You'll love it. This, this Thursday night's the last night. And then we're going to do an after-church Zoom call in two minutes. After I sign off, two minutes, we're going to have like a short 10-minute, hello, how you doing? And then we'll switch over to the uh, congregational meeting at 1130 sharp. So uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for your comments. I hope this was okay today. This was kind of a scary, scary message to give because it wasn't a message. It was more of a a declaration of things that we need to think about and question. And if you didn't know you had permission to question them, you now do. And I think it's important. All right. You guys have a great day. We will catch you next week week. And if you want to join me on Wednesday morning to hear Francois at 8am, you're gonna love it. So we'll see you then.